You are listening to Velocino. The best stories have not yet been ridden. Play a fly on the wall during light-hearted conversations with fascinating people from all aspects of the cycling universe. Enjoy the ride with your hosts, Gemma and Niels. Welcome to the Velocino Cycling Podcast. I'm here this evening with Niels. Hi, Niels. Hi, how's it going? And again without Mike. Where is he? I, I'm not sure. I'm concerned. Um, it's going to start a hashtag, bring Mike back. Yeah, oh, bring Mike back, bring Mike back. Actually, I know where he is. He works now as a garden gnome in my front yard. <laughs> I'm sure he'd be pleased about that. <laughs> it's a bit cold. True, true. Um, yeah, so I know we had um, we had Ollie on this week. It was brilliant, actually, really interesting. Talked about veganism and cycling, and I know he, he races for a, a UCI team. I feel a little bit out of the loop. I know before Ollie came on actually about cycling and racing and everything how do you feel about it it's been a very different year hasn't it for everybody really there was definitely less emphasis on on racing this year due to COVID because most of the races were cancelled as far as I know obviously the big tours have been on but on more the grassroots level or like on on national races I think there was not much that happened and that actually while we were recording with Ollie although the emphasis was on veganism when he spoke about racing and this this came back up in my mind so you may be excited though yeah definitely and it would be great just to get someone on to to chat a bit about racing have you got anyone Niels I'm not entirely sure who should we speak to maybe somebody who runs a team well lucky for you Niels I've got someone today yes (laughs) welcome to the podcast Rick Lister hi Rick hi Rick how you doing I'm good thanks are you yeah good thank you Rick tell us a little bit about um you and what race team you manage if that's okay yeah i'm based in lincoln and i manage um, ds finish line racing so we're a new team for 2021 um i'm still pulling in sponsors and so on at the moment i've got my riders but i'm still not uh, completely there with the sponsors but i'm trying my hardest and we're getting there gradually how did you first start kind of what you're doing now and how you came into the sport originally I think that's that's really interesting for our listeners to to find out how you got to where you are before finish line racing really this year obviously I wasn't DS in any teams my partner Joe who had been on my teams for several years from as far back as WNT went to ride for Camps Tifosi so I the team we were on last year Campanese Villa Performance we both moved on from there just because Joe was riding for Cams. And through the year, a couple of the riders who I've worked with in the past have said to me, why aren't you running your own team? Why aren't you running your own team? So that's where the sort of the idea came from. And I didn't really start until August time thinking about it properly. And then from then onwards, I've sort of been full steam with it. So it's almost like a second job at the moment. And when I'm not working, I'm emailing. Oh, so it's not your full time job? No, no, I'm a courier for DPD uh, as my day job, um, which obviously at the moment is very busy as well through lockdown and coming up to Friday. Christmas and so on yeah and Black Friday so uh, we call it Cyber Week at work because it lasts well it lasts really two weeks to be fair so yeah that's where I'm at now coming into it many years ago I was asked to DS for WNT and the people that ran the team Marcus and Sam I knew because they were local people um, and I'd given Sam a bit of advice at races because I've watched the women's races and they came to me then and said would I DS for, for them and I said yes and so I did a couple of years with them and then moved on to Ford, EcoBoost with Nikki Juniper. And then that followed on to NJC BME when the, the Ford sponsorship fell through for them. And then we were asked to go to Vela Performance, which was last year. 
which is a great team, actually. It's a really good team. It was a Portuguese team that was predominantly British riders. They had a couple of Portuguese riders on there. And, and that's where, where we are now. I, I, we left so Joe could go to CAMS because it was a UCI team. And this is this is now the point we're at. So now is the point where I'm, I'm running my own, my own team. Was there any particular reason why you decided to run a women's team versus a men's team? I've been... I've been involved in women's cycling for a long time. My partner from a previous relationship was a, a pro cross rider. So uh, she rode for Steph Wyman's teams um, when it was FB UK. So many years ago, his, his first proper team. And then she rode on um, Swift Racing and also Vision One, which was Nicole Cook's team. So I'd been around women's teams for years. And, and when we parted company, I thought that was it. You know, I, I just presumed, you know, I'll carry on and do my own thing, which I did for a few years. Did a bit of racing myself. Got back into racing cross properly. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, then I, I got involved with WNT. They came to me. I'd never really thought about it. It's not something I've, I'd have offered to do, but they came to me and I thought, yeah, why not? You know, but yeah, it's good. It's good. I enjoy it. That's good. I didn't really know enough about kind of the levels of women's racing, but did you have an aspiration when you started to start the women's team and target a certain level of racing or competition? Yeah, I wanted to go in at a national level, but sort of semi-elite, but also a little bit development as well. So I've got some develop what I would call development riders on there. They're not actually new riders, but they are new to the national series. So I've got a couple that haven't done any national series racing. Um, one of them's actually a first cat, so she's a good rider, a uh, really good rider actually, um, and she's a the Masters circuit race champion, but hasn't done national series. Um, one of the other riders also hasn't done national series. Um, actually, met her and I've seen her on a bike, and she, she's great. Actually, she's really good. The other four are more experienced, having raced the national series. So yeah, we are kind of in between elite to development, really. So I always think the elite side. Yeah, I always think, you know, I I ride for a women's team. I'm sure I could just pull a team together and there's I can do this and it'll be brilliant. There must be so many different elements you have to think of. Was there even more than you thought there might be to start with or, or maybe not as much? I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I knew about the social media side of it because obviously I'd been involved with the teams over the years. And I knew it was important, um, but I never had to do it, never had to deal with it fully myself. You know, I'd always shared stuff and so on. Then, you know, badgered the riders to share stuff. It was only when I started doing it, I realised how much work's involved with it. it. It's almost like a full-time job. And, and at the moment, I'm really just sharing the sponsors' tweets and the sponsors' Instagram posts because I've not really got a lot of my own content yet because we're not racing yet. So... That in itself is it's pretty full on. And chasing the sponsors is hard work. I'd know about the sponsorship side a bit because I'd done a bit of chasing when I was at Bella Performance, uh, Campanese at Bella Performance the year before, because I'd gone to the bike show and, and tried to get sponsors for the team. So I know I knew that was hard work. I didn't realise just how hard work it was when I came to it for myself. I, I must have sent 250 emails by now to potential sponsors. It, it, it's relentless. It really is. I imagine that is like, especially with a bike show, right? Do you then go like from one stall to the other and say like, hey, we are starting yeah. a team? Or is it is it other way around that you say like, oh, there are a couple of friends that I would really like to work with? Yeah, you have a bit of a walk around and then you, you go and speak to people because there's no point, for instance, just going to one helmet company because you like that particular helmet. Because if they say no, then, you know, you've put all your eggs in one basket. So you've got to go to several companies. And, and we went on trade day, which is obviously the Thursday, which was supposed to be the only, only for trade people and, and teams and so on. But 
it's still full of the public, so it is still quite hard to get to chat to the um, chat to the reps and so on there, because obviously they're busy with people buying from them, you know, and they're the ones that are sort of more important to them than the people that are trying to get stuff for free. But it, it's, it's yeah, the bike show is an important one to go to for sure. And obviously, I've had it been on this year, I'd have been there for sure again. Real basic question, actually, for me and for some of the listeners as well, as a, a manager of a bike team, what do the sponsors do for you and what do you do for them? Why do, why do you need sponsors just from a real simple level, really? And what, what can you do for them? And has do you think that changed over the years since you probably first got involved with bike teams to now running your own, your own team? Yeah, so the sponsors are massively important for instance we've got red chili bikes on board so they came to me very early on in the um in the process when i when i put out that i was putting the team together that david from red chili contacted me and, and said oh i'd like to speak to you about this so he came aboard and he's provided the frames for us we've getting eight frames from david so we've got the six race bikes and two spares those are expensive pieces of equipment so you know then you've got you know, wheels to find, group sets to find, and everything else. So if we had to pay for everything, we'd be probably looking around about the 50K mark to set up a six-rider team. So, yeah, the sponsors are massive, massively important. And and for us, we have to continually promote their products and share their stuff on social media and so on. And, and obviously, make sure that we don't, you know, go into races. I, I won't put any other bikes on the roof. You know, there will only be red chili bikes on the roof of my car. If Joe travels to a race with me, her bike will have to go inside the car because she's on a different team and she's not on a red chili. So obviously she comes in the car with me, hers will be in the boot. Just because it, it's not professional to have other brands on the roof. And, you know, same with the wheels. When we do finally, finally get a wheel sponsor, I won't be having the riders on other wheels. It, you know, small things like that, bottles on the bikes, you know, they've got to be the right bottles for the, for the nutritional uh, sponsor and, and so on and so forth. This is super interesting. And this is one bit that I would really like to understand. Was there, you, you mentioned, so we need the frames and we need the wheels and then we need the group sets. Was there one sponsor where you, where you were like, oh my goodness, like I don't get any response, but I, I need this specific piece of kit. Wheels. Was, yeah, was it wheels? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't got wheels yet. I'm desperately trying to find wheels. I've emailed just about every wheel firm in the world and, you know, companies I've never heard of, you know, and, and I didn't realize there were so many wheel brands out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm still doing it now. Um, if it comes to it, I'm concerned that Rick's going to have to make his own wheels for the yeah, <laughs> for the yeah. team. But that could be like an offshoot of uh, finish line finish line mm. wheels. Yeah, that yeah. must be tough. We, we, yeah, we can buy them and we can get them at a discounted rate. But obviously, I'd like to get you know get them. Yeah. And and I, I, if a wheel company was out there and listen, you know, I, I would put you on board as as a um, as a named sponsor in the title because I do need them. Yeah, so yeah. if if any of our listeners has any like, links to um, a wheel building company, just send an email to podcast at velocino.com and we will definitely connect you with Rick. Thanks, Rick. That's interesting. Was I think as as I'm not in anywhere the league that, that the girls are at who ride for your team, but I always feel like a sense of pride when I ride for a team that has sponsors on and on board. And I you know, it's it feels nice to be riding their bikes or to be wearing their kit. How do you get that across to the girls? Or do you think it's just a natural reaction that they know that these sponsors are really important to them and the publicity they're going to have and racing for the team? Or do you think that they naturally just feel pretty proud to, to be riding these bikes, these wheels, et cetera? They always do appreciate what the sponsors give them. And this is one of the reasons I, I sort of 
help women's teams as well. But when you when you work with women's teams, then they the riders thank you for helping them, whereas often the guys aren't that way inclined. Um, I have helped men's teams in the past occasionally, and they it's almost like you know they expect you to um, to do it, and not get any thanks for it. So the, the ladies' teams are often um, more appreciative. I'm not saying men's teams aren't because they are as well, but. Mm-hmm you get a bit more appreciation i think from the ladies um and they do appreciate the equipment and so on and so forth and the the ones that are new the riders that are new to it all you just have to explain to them that you know make sure you do a little bit of social media stuff you know photos of the bikes and so on and so forth and obviously talk about it a bit but also don't share other other brands stuff you know that, that doesn't marry up with what we're doing and, and once you've had that chat, it's okay. You know, it's one of the things that when you have a first team get together, you just have a little bit of talk through, of, um, a bit of talk about what you're going to do and how we want to run the team and obviously about social media and all that sort of thing. So it, it's all it's always very early in the process when you meet the riders that you, you'd get across to them what you want them to do and what you don't want them to do on, yeah. online. Obviously, I'm absolutely desperate to know how you go about selecting the team and getting the women on board, whether they come to you or you go to them or there's some kind of X Factor audition. I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm desperate to know. Hmm. Well, well I, I was really lucky that I only went to two riders this year and asked them. Uh, three, actually. One, one rider turned me down. It wasn't me, audience. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Niels either. Um, so I asked Nobody wants me in the team. <laughs> Not appreciative enough, Niels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you men, you don't say thank you. Um, so I, I asked two uh, three riders. Two have come to me, and one was Charlotte Berry, who I've worked with in the past, and the other was Amy Gornall. Now, Amy, I took across to Vela Performance, Caffeinated Vela Performance, but then we left, so I never actually worked with Amy. But I've always liked Amy as a rider. She's a, a solid rider. And she's one of these riders that I don't think really had got the chance. She'd been quite unlucky with teams in the past. So I, I wanted her on the team. And she's she's the road sort of road captain for the team. Um, she's only young, but she's, well, she's 24, I think. But she's got a vast experience of racing. And she's come from a cycling background. Her dad's a really good cyclist. and mum was a good cyclist as well. So uh, Amy and... And Charlotte were the two that came to me that I'd, I'd approached. The rest of the riders all came to me. And we had uh, Olivia Bentley on board as well. But Olivia was sort of waiting on an answer from a, a Spanish team. So came on board. And when she she messaged me to say, oh, I've, I need a, need a chat. So I knew straight away that the, the Spanish team had sort of come back to her. So I, I said to her straight away, yeah, of course, you've got to go for it. Because obviously mm. it's, a, it's a great opportunity. So I really was lucky because... The other rider that came to into replacer, um, uh, Sam Fawcett, emailed me. <laughs> she emailed me just the day before all this happened. So I, she was fresh in my mind, and I'd emailed her back and said, "I'm really sorry. I've I've got a full team. But had you got in touch with me earlier, I definitely would have considered you because I'd looked at her results and and saw she was a great rider. You know, so straight away it was a no-brainer." got on the email straight away to her and offered her a place in the team. Uh, what I didn't know at this point was she'd been a world world and European champion in duathlon. Yes, she has. Never, I, I didn't know any of this. She never put it in a CV, never never spoke about it. So It's just if you want to branch out really into a duathlon, yeah. you've got Sam. 
got Sam yeah, right yeah, there, yeah. Rip, so, yeah. there and ready. But obviously, if she has a flat tyre, she can run and uh, probably beat him. <laughs> you but can no, move into cross. But for her, you know, she's a fantastic athlete. Just you know, and you can you can see if she's done all this and she's gonna she's a she's a, a racer. She's a, a competitor, you know. So she's she's obviously well driven, you know, to do that. So yeah. Also, she, great, on a yeah. personal note, she's a she's a really fantastic person on and off yeah. the bike. So we are uh, long-term friends. Uh, she used to race yeah. for Lovello back then. Yeah. So um, it's definitely the right decision to take her on the team. Uh, I'm yeah, really, I really pleased for that. <laughs> I didn't realise she got a twin sister until um, yesterday or the day before I asked because we have another girl, uh, a sister follows us on Instagram. And yeah. I sort of looked at, you know, when the pictures come up, I looked at the pictures and I thought, well, that looks like the same pictures of Sam. And obviously yeah. they're twins, aren't they? So I didn't know yeah. this. Uh, I lost her, yeah. So, yeah, that, that explains why these two riders look very similar. She's also a really good racer. And um, yeah. f fun fact, we adopted our dog from Sam's sister. So yeah, fantastic. That's, uh, yeah. There's a connection there. Yeah. The other riders have got a Poppy Thompson and Corin Side. And they've both come across from Jaden. So they they obviously I've seen them in the races and um, I've seen them at various races. So I knew I knew sort of what sort of level races they were. So yeah, I'm really pleased I'm on board. And my final rider is Millie um, Skinner. She's a rider from Sheffield who Joe Joe trains with her a bit. She's a friend of Joe's and she's coached by Dean Downing. Um, and Dean advised her to come to me. So, you know, and she's a great rider actually. Um She's done a little bit of racing, but not at the national level. So she's my sort of other development rider, really. So I, I would call um, uh, Millie and Sam my development riders, although they're probably not development riders. Yeah, because I instantly think of younger riders when you say that, but I understand yeah. now sort of what you're looking for and what you mean by development. Mm. Is there anything else that I know you approach some riders and obviously some came to you and you kind of um, see what you get in some circumstances, but is there anything else you look for in a rider that you might not necessarily instantly think of so you're looking at their performance and how and what mm. they've done etc but anything around how you think they might deal with the racing or as we've just talked about the sponsorship if it did come to it maybe the media anything mm. else that you might look for in a rider to really round off that team yeah so I look at when I look at them I look at um I look on the BC rankings to see what you know what category they are and how many points they've got I've got mostly, well, I've got first and second cats. But the problem you've got is with the BC rankings are that the track points are in there. So you can't just look at the list of first cats and say, oh, because a lot of them haven't actually done any road. They're, they're track riders and so on. So you've then got to go further in and look at the results, what races they've done, where they've finished, well, the positions initially, and then look at what, what the which races they've done. You, you sort of you have to try and separate it all out and, and see where they've been and, and if they've done any national races or bigger races you get an idea of what sort of level they're at as opposed to what you the other riders you know and and that is that's quite a hard part to deal with really it's just difficult because the way bc set it up i don't know why they haven't separated all the points up yet and it's something they really ought to have done this year while they've not been doing anything mm. you know anything else really but who knows, BC won't listen to the small people, will they? <laughs> so that's one of the things I look at. And the other thing is, obviously, I look at what how they, how they conduct themselves online. You know, you don't want a rider who's quite controversial, no matter how good they are, because it just it can cause all sorts of trouble. And, you know, I've seen online today that there's another 
quite famous ex-rider stroke team manager has been pulled upon a racist comment she's made so it's not the right thing to be doing it's not something i want anyway in, the thing is life. it's very it can be very public now as well and it, it's never yeah. right but it can be made very public very quickly as well as yeah. as all the um, positive publicity you get any tiny bit of negative publicity just gets enhanced really because of the, the way we work at the moment and now mm. so you've got si- you've got six riders in total rick is that right six yeah is that again i don't know is that an, a normal amount for a women's team at low or high and what do you do if like if some of them need can't can't race or get injured or something happens i'm sh- i'm sure you've thought about it yeah it's a small team really um most of them tend to be eight or ten riders or 12 mm. um and in the past we've had big teams we had a when i was at ford we had quite a big team i can't remember how many rides we had at wnt probably eight or nine but ford we had a big team i think we had 13 you can then put eight into a national series race so there lies the issue that you've got to tell four or five riders that they're not going to be racing mm. and they all want to race usually so that's the issue of a big team but the plus side of that is you can circulate you can rotate your riders for tour series for instance you can rotate your riders and you know you're always getting somebody resting and, and so on and you pick your teams based on the race you know whereas with six riders we put i would put every rider in every race i think tour series is five riders isn't it so I suppose we've got that on our side there. But last year, we ended up with three at a lot of the races for uh, Vela Performance. So, and, and we had a core team of three that did the tour series, or three or four did all the tour series. And then we had a couple that came in and out. So you can manage it, but you've just got to make sure that the riders um, look after themselves in between. Um, but yeah, six is a small team, really. But I can't really afford any more at the moment. I'd like to go to eight this year, but I can't. Um, so I'm looking at going to eight next year once I've got a bit more funding. Yeah, I wonder if from the girl, I don't know this, but if from the girls' point of view or the women's point of view, they see that as a, a positive thing. I mean, they are going to really have to commit because there, there's not much scope for them to miss any races or to, to be injured or to feel, feel ill at all. But they will, I mean, they may create this really close, close bond with each other and be really committed because they know that they're doing these races. There's, there's no doubt because they are the team. They are the only people in the team. And whether that gives them a real drive and hunger to perform and succeed for finish line racing because they know they're going to be riding every race for them. Yeah, they do. So, yeah, like I said, they get, they'll be at every race together. So they always get to race and they, they learn about each other as well. You know, they learn who goes well where and you know and and they get this trust between them so once once they've got that and they've gelled together it does create a really strong team um and you don't have to be the biggest team in the world you know we we had three riders like i said at a lot of the races last year and and we gave we gave the big teams a real good run for the money so it's something i'm not i'm not too worried about not having a big team plus i'm terrible with names so Six riders is easier to remember perfect. than uh, yeah. eight or nine, yeah. And if yeah. you only have five in the women in the tour series, you only have one hand, isn't it? <laughs> Can remember yeah. them all. How do you get the girls to? Um, probably in two parts, actually. Do you have any involvement with their training and their coaching? Because I know at the moment there is no races happening really. So we're looking ahead to the, the the next season. You've got these riders, I'm assuming, dispersed in different places all around the UK. Do you have any con- control or influence over what they're doing to lead up to that season? No, I, I mean, I trust them all that they're all um, 
they're all training, you know, and obviously I've messaged them today and told them I hope they've had a productive day. And they'll <laughs> all be back, they'll all be back training now anyway for next season. Most of them have got coaches. I think one only one of the riders on the team doesn't have a coach. Um but I, I keep an eye on them on um, Strava to be honest. Um so I'll sort of they're all on there. I, I can see what they're doing. Um but I don't get involved in coaching. I'm not a coach. Um I'll I'll leave that to the coaches. Um but I do obviously we we have a, a Google calendar that we the riders have all got a list of races on so they know when the races are. Um and they'll have certain races they want to do well in. And obviously mm-hmm. we'll we'll chat about that at the time. And obviously if a rider wants to do well in a particular race, then we'll try and ride for that rider. Um, but yeah, the nationals and the tour series and the circuit series are the key races. So obviously they want to always be going well for those. So yeah, the coaches get in the right, right situation for that. And I suppose they've got this far and you've selected them because they've done really well in their training and their racing thus far with probably the coach that they have on board now. I mean, they may have swapped coaches. Mm. So to interfere with that might be it might be detrimental, I guess, because they've done really well as, as they are. So they need to carry on doing just that well and you're going to manage them into the, the race side of things. I wouldn't advise riders to swap coaches unless they weren't. If, if one came to me and said, I'm not happy with my coach, I'd, I'd have a bit of a chat with them and say, well, what, what sort of things are you doing? And then I'd say, well, you know, maybe we need to look at trying to find somebody different. But I wouldn't suggest somebody moves coaches unless they're not happy. The rider has to be happy with the coach and they have to trust what the coach is telling them. If they're unsure of what's happening and they're not happy, then it's time for them to maybe look somewhere else. But the problem with moving from one coach to another is it's not an instant fix. It'll take a season really probably to get on top of things with a new coach and how they, you know, they learn to work with each other. So it's not a really simple thing, and it, it is something I try to keep out of, really. Unless they come to me and ask me for advice, and I'll, I'll I'll give them advice, but I don't want to give it all the time unless they come to me. Yeah, understandable. So you've got yourself, you've got the riders, uh, mm-hmm. the sponsors on board. Who else is either a person or a thing in the team that helps you create finish line racing? Well, I, I've done it all up to now. Uh, I've got Amy's dad, Alan, is going to help us at some of the races. Um, and, and you you kind of have to rely on parents and boyfriends a lot of the time. As you get the season going, you, you know, you, you tend to get into a, a routine of the same people helping and doing the same thing. So it's just one of the things that you've got to trust the people that come with the riders to help you if, if they can. Generally, they're, they're usually pretty always good. You know, you just sort of, they've all, they've all been around bike races. They know what's what. I was going to say they're probably fa- fairly used to it because the girls yeah. would, would come from a previous background where they need either their friends or family to help them out. I know that we're always going along to uh, help Sam out to either you know get her on the start line or to cheer her on halfway around or to be there at the end if she needs to. So I suppose yeah. they're used to it really, and hopefully they bring that with them to to your team as well. Yeah, normally I mean I've had Alan, Alan in the car a few times with me. Um before as a mechanic and he is pretty good actually he's really good and he knows bike racing you know he's he's been a good rider himself so he he's pretty good because you need somebody in the car who's not going to get in a flap if the rider has a crash or if the rider um, has a puncture they've got to be pretty calm about it because if you get into a bit of a panic it takes twice as long to do everything so you need somebody who's pretty calm uh which he is and yeah, I mean, you know, we at the races, the riders obviously get lined up beforehand uh, and the cars all line up behind. I always try and go down and speak to the riders all just before the start 
once the car's in the convoy, I like to go down and just, you know, wish them, wish them good luck. It's just a thing I do. I, it's a personal thing that I do, and I always do it. Um, so if there's nobody to grab the jackets, I'll grab them, and they'll end up in the back of the car. If not, obviously one of the parents tends to grab their jackets. But it's, um, it's just, it's one of those things. You need people to help you, but you really need them to come to you to help rather than to be chasing people, because that way, if they come to you, you know they want to do it. Yeah, it sounds like they're going to want to help you as well, which is the the best yeah. type of help, really, isn't it? The best type of volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's always somebody at a race, you know, and a lot of the teams are great. You know, I'm, I'm I've been around the circuit a long time, so all the other managers know me. And if if there's nobody to grab a jacket, they'll give them to one of the other managers and so on. So it's easy enough. It's not a big problem. Yeah, really good. So looking forward, what does the well, I'm hoping it's a race season for 2021. What does it look like? Where's where does it look like it's going to start? I I, I really have no idea. I've not looked at it at all. Do you do you have any idea? Well, I've got a list of races because BC uh, Eric Rousel sent a list out um, from BC. Um, we've also got um, a really good sponsor, WKG Sports, um, along with Zycle, who are smart trainer providers for us so we're going to do some swift racing and online racing oh, brilliant. Initially, yes. just to keep the girls fresh and keep them interested over the winter uh first race i think for us will probably be or hopefully if it's on uh captain ray all being well which is some it's one up north it's a hilly one just to give the girls a bit of an idea where they're at and then moving forward then we're going to be looking at the national series i think there was one up north first and then it's then it's a tour series really we have a few a few races in between, and obviously we'll try and get the girls at some of the smaller races because it's good for them to go to those to get some sort of results. It's a good confidence boost for them, and also they can try things together and you know practice um, lead outs and att- attacking and that sort of thing. Yeah, do you have to keep an eye on their BC points throughout the season to make sure they stay in their their cap that they may not get through the bigger women's tour series, etc. No, it's not too bad. They're mostly all, they should really all um, keep the license, the category they're in. So they should all stay as the first cats or second cats. I'd like the second cats to move up to first cat because it's, it's a progression for them and it shows that they're, they're um, improving. It's not the end of the world if they don't. Uh, one of the issues with going up from second to first is uh, there's not as many races for them. No, I know we've talked um, about that, yeah. Yeah, we've had, we had a rider last year that was sort of woman and I she was right on the verge of going over and, and in the end I said to her look you know you don't need to worry about it because the races you do you there's enough races for you so she 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 got a first cat anyway so that was good so you, you kind of keep an eye on them yeah because it's nice to when they when they do get the move up to first cat to congratulate them you know and make a big thing of it for them because it, it's nice it's a big achievement yeah, I think it is. It, I remember when Sam was talking about going from a second to first cat, it, it, we always said to her, it, it is going to be a big achievement. And it's a shame, really, that riders, women riders are actually debating whether to do it, because when they move up, there'll be less races available to them. It seems a, a bizarre thing, really, but it, it is. And you get some women that, that don't want to move up because there's going to be less races, even though they are they are capable and they're almost on the verge of having enough points to do it. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, when I when I was racing in when I was uh, in my twenties and racing, so in, in the nineties, you had a card license. So it was like a big um, sheet of card, uh, and it, uh, they would write your result on the back, and the commissaire would sign it. So and then they'd write how many points you got, and then when you got to a certain amount of points, you'd have to send it into BC, and then they'd send you your next one back. You know, so 
I went from third cat to first cat in one season. I had to keep sending it back. <laughs> uh, and I got it right at the end of the year. Uh, I got my first cat right at the end of the year. But there were guys locally to me that would, they, they had this trick where if um, they didn't want to go up, they'd rather stay a third cat because they could win money, win money every week and, you know, win races every week. So they had this trick of, I won't say the guy's name, but it, they had this trick of going back to the headquarters straight after the finish rushing in saying to the lady signing on i've got to go because um something at home's happened i need to get my license so to get the license before the commissaire came back <laughs> and then get it signed and these guys were staying as third cats forever you know and it, so it is a better system now for sure i have a, a trick system. i have a trick to stay for, fourth cat forever is that what you've been doing <laughs> Niels? to stay for so really really Niels is a secret first cat rider but he's yeah, been saying definitely. every time I, i've i've got guys i've, I've just got to go because no actually i do it differently i just just before the finishing line i'm like i just i just pull out <laughs> just slow down I, I did a road race it's right at the end of the season just for the cross season so i'd I'd, uh, I'd just got my first cat, and then I was going into my cross season, and um, I did a local one, and I said to him, and it was, um, I think it was the first and second catch race, and I said, oh, can I ride, you know, I won't get in the break, I won't, I won't, you know, I won't get a result. I ended up in the break, uh, and I had to sit up at the finish, so I didn't get in the in the result, because they'd have been, obviously, they'd have got in trouble for letting me in, because obviously I, I was, uh, I'd only really ridden it for training, but yeah, you, yeah, it's, um, but like, there were guys locally doing it all the time, and it's not really on, is it? So it is a better system. It's all, and I don't agree with people cheating. It's not right. No, and I think when we originally started this, but it wasn't about anyone cheating. It was about them just avoid, just not entering races, really, which is a shame. Yeah. That's that's not what yeah, we want yeah. either, so, is it? Yeah. You know, they're it's, just back to what you were saying. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty confident there'll be a season next year because obviously we're looking at the vaccine happening, aren't we? So. The, the everything that's coming out seems to be heading the right way for sure yeah does it mean rick that your cycling is going to take a back seat i know you're across a cross ride uh, yeah I, i'm riding <laughs> my bike about once a month now it, it's i rode twice last weekend i've not ridden this weekend the weather's pretty poor though isn't it i, I don't like I, strangely enough as a cross rider i cannot stand riding in the rain i don't mind racing in it and i was really good in the muddy races but i don't like training in it it's it's not for me and I can't even motivate myself to go on the turbo anymore. But I'm just so busy at work as well. It's This is the first year I've not really ridden loads, but I think it's just the fact that we've been crazy, crazy busy at work. Um, and I've had no time doing the team. I've no, always tried trying. to ride. I've always tried to ride. Um, and I've gone on training camps with the girls in the past and all that sort of thing. But, yeah. Just trying to get the team year. off the ground, really. It's made me realise quite how much is involved I, I knew there would be a lot I wasn't naive to that but quite how much yeah. is involved maybe in 2020 it's very different to it was three years ago five years ago about what it actually takes to set up not even necessarily to manage but just to set up a team and to to go yeah. forward with this team that's just over and above actually getting girls and getting them to race their bikes because that's what it it should be about and there's loads more to it which is excellent you know we're we're building on things and things are progressing but yeah it's just it's just so much Niels do you that's what it's come across to me like it just seems like a a big endeavor yeah there's a couple of things that actually like a couple of questions that I just noted down along the conversation just because as, as Gemma just mentioned there's so much more involved now than it was like three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. Are the requests from, from the sponsors, as an example, are they 
much different to what they were like five or 10 years ago in terms of what you actually need to perform. And I don't necessarily mean performance in terms of race performance. Is there, do they say, hey, first of all, I want you to participate in X amount of race. Second of all, I want you to post my product X amount of times or stuff like that. Yeah, there's, there's really two sorts of sponsors. There's those that are big cycling fans and want to do it to help um, because they want to get involved in some way. In some way. So that you've got those sort of sponsors, and they're, they're great if you can get those because their expectation isn't massive. Uh, and you've got also other companies that are in cycling in the cycling world, so they want to put something back. Their bread and butter comes from the cycling industry. So, you know, the tyre company, for instance, Schwab, their customers are cyclists. So then putting back into teams means that they're putting something back into the into the sports and the community, the, the community that are their customers, really. So they're great. They're fantastic. And we've really been, it's been good to get Schwab on board. But then you've got other, the other side of it is you've got brands that, want to know how much extra income you can generate for them and you, you can't really give them that answer because you don't know and, and a couple of the a couple of the wheel companies i've spoke to one one guy said for the, the amount the amount of uh, input would need he'd want sort of 100k extra in sales well i can't promise him i can't promise that it's it's a massive amount you know it's a lot of well, wheels to sell to get 100k i, I wonder how how does he want to measure this? Like, yeah, you can't. It's, it's yeah. impossible to do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But the side, the other side of it is that women's cycling is it's not. It's more cost effective than men's to sponsor. Yeah. The yeah. riders don't get paid, which is, I'm not saying that's right, but the riders don't get paid. So that's straight away is is one thing that the teams aren't having to to spend money on. But also, when you go to races like the Tour Series. In the men's side of the sport, the very top few teams are the ones that are they're constantly on the TV. The smaller teams struggle to get a look in. Whereas in the women's side, in the tour series, all the teams get quite a good mention. And, and the racing is more of a it's, it's kind of more of a level field, if you understand what I mean. Yeah. And, you know, you get riders from various teams getting in there and getting stuck in, which you don't see as much in the men's on the tour series. So for a sponsor, it's great because... You know the, the the TV people come and they film warm, film the riders warming up. They come and film you, you know, setting up and all that business. So it's great, it really is. And and I think for a sponsor, that's a good thing. And you know, and this is why you've got to have all your you've got to be on point with your your wheels. Make sure they're on the same wheels. Make sure they're on the correct tires. You know, if they brought a training wheel, make sure it's got a, one of our tires on and not something they've put on. You know, make sure they're all on the turbos that are provided and so on. Because it all it all gets shown on TV, which is massive for the sponsors. I have a question there. Um, so basically, finish line racing. I assume this is not the name of a sponsor, right? Uh, no, no. I um, I was in a, I set up a, a web shop many years ago called Finish Line Bikes, and it's something I didn't carry on doing because I, I couldn't. It didn't work very well. It we it didn't have any issues with it, but it just wasn't the income from it wasn't good enough to live on. So I, I went and got a job couriering. So. The finish line side is, I've kept that as a team name, really. Obviously, you get like a lot of exposure you in, in all these these races, when, uh, tour series and stuff. This would be the prime position, I believe, for like a sponsor to have like, you know, the, mm. the, 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 the their brand name as the title sponsor. 
would a brand need to bring in in order to get this top spot? I've got, obviously, cash investors are, are massively important because not only do I need components, I need the cash as well to run the team, you know. So there's that. And obviously, for instance, uh, Red Chili are going to be one of the named sponsors in the title because their input's been massive. Obviously, Red Chili are going to be a named brand in the, in the title. As will, if I can get a wheel company on board, I need to get a wheel company on board. So I, I will put them on as a, um, as a, a title sponsor as well. But yeah, anybody who brings in a substantial amount of cash will also be a, in there with that. Sounds really good. That's really good. This was always what I was wondering because there's some names, obviously, like that are very linked to to brands, mm. like we were speaking about earlier, the teams that you were involved with in the past. So yeah, thanks for that. It's really, really interesting. Yeah, you you have to obviously with, with Ford. Obviously, they were a massive company, so you had to go with what they wanted you to. Brand. So it wasn't just Ford; it was the the car model as well. You know that that was what they wanted to push forward. When I was at WNT, they didn't want any of the sponsors. They that WNT were solely the first year they didn't want any other brands on the on the jersey at all it was just completely wnt but they they put all the money in and i think moving forward they've they've changed slightly now they've gone uci they've they've changed slightly and brought even you know but sarah tizzit is is part of the wnt group as well you see so they it's still an in-house thing for them but you know you've got you've got to really keep the sponsors happy they're the ones that keep you going so you have to go with what they want it sounds really important to me, more important than maybe I thought it was. Do you also have to wait to finalise the kit before you've got at least most of the sponsors on board? Yeah, so, this is one of the issues I've got because I'm, I'm really at a point now where I need to get the kit sorted. I really should have done it this week, um, but I'm trying to hold it out for another week, 10 days, because it becomes there comes a point where you've got to put your order in and the, the printing side is quite early in the process. They get the material printed quite early, quite a while before it's all sent together. So I've got to get once I get I've got to get to a certain point and then cut it off at that. So I'm hoping for uh, this next week, ten days, to be really productive. Will, will all the sponsors get a spot on the jersey or just some? Yeah, yeah, pretty much all of them on the jersey. Yeah, uh, I've got a couple that will go on uh, just on the car. But the ones that are um, bringing cash or products are will be on the jersey, yeah. So cool. And is there, I was just wondering, is there like a point where there's too many sponsors? Uh, like, don't don't get me wrong. Like, um, I understand that you need to have like a certain amount of sponsors to keep the, get, to get the show, show running. But then in terms of um, that, that they basically fade, that they like not every sponsor get the recognition they should get when the, the, mm. what they would get usually when there would be less sponsors. Does it make sense? Yeah, like, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so obviously you've got you've got different levels of um, different sponsorship levels. So you obviously you have to try and price them based on size of logo and so on um so you've obviously got your key sponsors what would be sort of chest and mid you know two across the chest really and shoulders and mid back and then your smaller sponsors are go loaded lower down on the jersey and on the back pockets rear pockets um you've got a bit of space on the shorts as well and the side panels of the jersey so for instance uh, red chili going on the side panel of the jersey it's quite a big area it's quite a big logo but they're quite a big sponsor because obviously they've they've you know they're using their frames and then you've got a couple of other sponsors that will only go on the car because they're more. I've got um, a couple that are advisors to the team, 
Um, so they they they're advice, giving the riders advice, nutritional advice. Got a strength and conditioning guy, uh, Tommy Rutter, who's um, he's going on the card because he's a strength and conditioning coach, and he'll he'll give the riders advice if they wish. And um, we've also got a sports psychologist as well on board, so he'll go on the car, which is sports psychology is quite a big thing, you know, now, and it's it's, it's a good thing. So, so these are all little things that I give the riders, that we can offer the riders, which they probably don't get at other teams. It sounds like a really good package for the riders as well. And, then, and I know those riders, you know, they really want to race for you and they're, they're excited about going into the next season and racing for finish line. But it really sounds like a, a, a great package for them as a, a rider, not just offering them races, but everything around that, which is, is really important to, to me. And I, I would think to a lot of women as well. I think it, it sounds really good, Rick. I think what you've set up and what you're looking to achieve next year is something really great and I'm excited for I'm excited for you to follow you and see how it goes really so thank you so much for sharing with us you know what you've done this year and what you're looking to do next year if people hopefully they do would love to follow you what's where's the best place to follow you the team the girls on social media we're on uh, twitter finish line rt instagram is finish line racing Facebook is Finish Line Racing Team. I couldn't get them all the same. It was a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, so it's, it's been a bit of a mixture up, a bit of a mixture of those. But oh, we're all so lucky. I'm on them all, yeah. We're lucky in this day and age that things all link together now and I'm not really sure anyone notices those small differences. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't really realise the, the importance of Instagram. I'd had it, you know, I've had Instagram on my phone for years and it's one of the things I use now and again. And then when I started talking to sponsors, it was all massively Instagram you know orientated nobody's really not that many people are keen on twitter nowadays are they it's either facebook or instagram are the two so but we're using all three because obviously some of the sponsors aren't on all three and some are on one and not the other so we have to yeah great um, so people can follow you in in lots of different places and i guess it links to the girls as well we can see what they're up to it's really interesting because there's, there's that small number of women in the team so we can keep a close eye on what they're doing next year as yeah. well That's good. thank yeah. you very much rick Really interesting. Super cool. Super cool. I'm really, really excited actually about that because I, I, I did mention it during this episode, but I think I've mentioned in other episodes before that I'm a fan of, of uh, women's racing naturally because my a wife used to race and then I have like a lot of female friends that are racing. I somehow was always more interested in, 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 in women racing. So I'm really, really, really stoked. The women's racing is really good. It's, it's great to watch, especially yeah. at the pro level. You know, you, you, it is good. It's not the same person winning every week. I mean, if you watch the cycle cross yeah. at the moment, it's good. You know, the, the women's cross racing is fantastic. And the road I haven't road watched road it there. this week. Don't tell me. <laughs> That's a good race again. Yeah. <laughs> I think I saw a. Day. I think I. I think I saw a spoil a bit of a spoiler. Actually, I shouldn't have looked. So it's my my uh, my TV watching for tonight. I'm going to watch the cross race. Yeah. Did you watch so. the one yesterday as well? Or have you? Not I haven't watched yet? anything this weekend at uh, all. No, you got two this weekend to watch. So fantastic. Yeah. It makes me miss cross, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I don't miss washing bikes. Yeah. So, the racing I like, but the, the washing's not uh, not fantastic. I'm a, I'm a very good washer. Anyways, hey. um, oh. Rick, thank, thank you so much <laughs> for... Come and wash the team bikes for us. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> there you go, Neil, there's your spot. <laughs> I, think, I, think we, I think Mike and I promised it actually to the Velo bands when they... they we're supposed to have another cross race. We were talking about pit crew, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah, and actually there was supposed to be a Velocino pit crew and we want to clean the bikes for everyone. 
So maybe we caused COVID-19 and got out of it with it. <laughs> no. You've got your, hang on as well, Nils. You've got the new Velocino cleaner. Oh, the Velocino. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not on the website, but we will sell it soon. Velocino. Keep your eyes peeled. It will be, it's, it's good. It's really good. Mm. Anyways, on that bombshell, Rick, thank you so much for being on the show. It was fantastic. Learned an awful lot about how to set up a team, how to get sponsors. Yeah, that was great. Brilliant. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you, Rick. So to all our listeners out there, thank you so much for, for tuning in. I hope you, you also learned a bit and enjoyed the show. If you want to support the podcast, Gemma, what do they have to do? They have to leave us a five-star review. Where about? In iTunes, Spotify. Everywhere. And follow Everywhere. Us. And follow if us. you want to reach out to us, send an email to podcast at velocino.com. Also, especially if you listen this, uh, listen to this and you are uh, um, working or owning a real company, please reach out to this email address and uh, we will make sure that we link you up with, with Rick. And so... Hop on your bike, go out, and remember, the best stories have not yet been written. Boom. boom.